Hey everybody, welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. Hey cousin. Hey cousin, we're in a different room today at we the Moxie. We are. Let me tell you something. And you know, when you're in New York City, yes. stop by the Moxie Hotel. You should, it's beautiful. It's a boutique hotel. Yeah. But it has so, it. it's... I wouldn't say it's that big, but it has so many interesting compartments here. I would say for such a relatively small hotel, it has so many interesting looks. There's an elephant room where you normally see us. Upstairs, it's the cocktail lounge. There's a cocktail lounge. There's a cool bar. There's a rooftop that retracts and opens where they have this bubbles brunch every Saturday and Sunday. Where there are bubbles everywhere in the air. Uh, It's a great DJ. Why have we not done this? We have to do it. It's one of the most popular brunches in the city right now. Oh, I love that. Saturday, Sunday. We need to make it a point. That's what I'm saying. There's so many things going on. It's like its own country. It's its own little country. And what I love about it is it's a little bit like sort of ethnic. It's a little bit like... It's just it, it's boutique. It's boutique. People, there's a bar in the back that yeah. you may not even know no. if you're going to the Legacy Restaurant, which clearly is seafood, delicious food there. But in the back, there's this whole other bar scene with this surrounded by lounges and these little private rooms. And we're in what's called Studio Two. Yeah, there's like nooks and crannies, meeting space, meeting space. It's really fabulous. So it's we crazy. love the Moxie. Thank we you, the love Moxie, this for, place. Thank for being you. the read this read that home. Yes. So how you doing, cousin? What's happening, girl? You know, I need. I am almost through with my first Me too. glass of wine. Mine we is are dregs. just getting started. There's another one there, but you have a little cocktail coming. Did, I didn't. I don't order want it. you to overdo. You didn't order the cocktail. I didn't order it. I think I might order it though. It well, you sounds the, really you, good. You want this second glass of wine? I might drink that let's, too. Let's, let's it's been a week, it. honey. It's been a week. Let's get you some more wine. I'm just worried because you have not eaten. Exactly. And there's a and there's so a fabulous cocktail they have here called so the So I'll take the majority of this. You take the majority. And I as might, I look out for my cousin. Yes, I might order love. the cocktail though. That's love. That's real what, love. What cocktail did you because want? It's fabulous. It has it has grapefruit vodka, Finlandia grapefruit vodka, yuzu citrus, and a hint of pomegranate. That just sounds good. That sounds delicious. Right, but mixing it with wine might not be so smart. I'm worried after I got sick last time yes you know it was the mixture of a lot of champagne right and then a lot of red wine yes and um there was some food in between so i really don't understand this but i'm telling you i was sick for like a week the bubbles and there was i had my first migraine yeah you can't mix so i have to say as a professional drinker (laughs) you can't mix bubbly like champagne or prosecco with liquor like i can mix flat wine with liquor and i'm fine but if you go to the bubbly stuff something about all that carbonation with the liquor it doesn't work but see i think that comes with age because i have to say i've done this before (laughs) this is not my first time to this particular rodeo i hear you and i don't know what happened our metabolism might be changing because we're aunties now it should go backwards it should go back i know old people and you know i love an old person i love old people they're my favorite people i like old only want to like now meet people from here <laughs> forward who are 90 years old enough. If you so smell mothballs, moth you get excited. I run to the mothballs because <laughs> I love them. They're so much fun because they don't care. They're uninhibited. Right. And, and when I've met older people who are drinkers, they're hardcore. Like yeah. you meet people who are like 90, 95 because they've been drinking a fifth of vodka every day. But this is what I'm saying. I should be able to hold my liquor. That's true. It should be I don't know what's way. going on. Maybe you don't drink enough. You know what? It You're might. a genius. <laughs> I might need to just drink more. Double it. Double what you're doing. I like what if you're you, saying. Because you know what? My goal is to be an old woman with a short, 
white all snow white afro like my auntie dolly okay so i want an afro that eventually want a fro all gray all gray afro right but it could be any link i just want an afro uh-huh um i want to be uh have some big glasses go back to wearing glasses some nice this. big black rimmed glasses and uh and, and and always have a cocktail in my hand i love that that's my goal will you do cocktails in your senior years or Absolutely. will you do just like wine in any kind of glass or like you know Champagne brown liquor with maybe. a cube of ice i feel like i want to do a little of everything i feel yeah. like i just want to be a drinker i want to be an old drunk lady mm. i think that's who i should be i think so look at they brought our fries yeah we have our look food at the now coming in you've got your here. flatbread fabulous i have my goddess salad fabulous that fabulous. looks good and dry and, they, and look the people come they look they look so sharp they i look know so happy they're smiling they are happy. They know we're doing a podcast and they're so a part happy. of it. They are a part of it. Is it Thank possible you. that I could just get some straight uh, if apple cider vinegar or any kind of vinegar, white vinegar? Malt vinegar. That would be fine. Malt yep. Pepper. And some salt and pepper. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's give them a round of applause. Let me uh, give them yes. a round of applause yes. for the Moxie. Thank you. It's so wonderful. That was fabulous. Thank fabulous. You. Well Thank done. Thank you. We, we love, love that. This place. So tell us. So so let's just winding down just a little bit. Yeah. Let me What's been going wait. on with you? Because wait, the last uh-huh. time I talked to you, mm-hmm. young lady, mm-hmm. wait, is there ketchup? Mm-hmm. Right Never now. enough ketchup. There's oh, you have your own ketchup. I'm on. Oh, okay, good. So last time that. I talked to you, that's the dressing for my salad. Oh, okay. Which is a little, it's mm-hmm. a little, it's good. Yeah. But I'm just, you know. Feel free to have some flatbread. No, I'm not going there because okay. it has cheese on oh, it darn, and probably sorry, butter. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Last time I talked to you, you were trying to figure out how to manage some family events that you had coming up. Mm-hmm. You had two of your beloved aunties yeah. that had birthday celebrations on the same date in different towns. At the same time. At the same time. Mm-hmm. So what did you do? So we had... So my West, you know, my Guyanese family is very large. There's a lot of women in it. Yeah. My auntie Dolly, who is my mom's favorite sister, mm-hmm. um, she had her party Saturday night, 6 p.m. in Maryland. Okay. My aunt Mignon, who's my mom's older brother's second wife, Aunt Mignon, beloved Aunt Mignon, who is a feisty, super spicy 92. And when I say spicy, if you go to her house, she's probably down the street shopping, chilling. She's not going to be home. <laughs> Don't look it. for her home because she's running the streets doing her thing. Love her. <laughs> Aunt Megan had her party Saturday night, 6 p.m. Right. So I had both of the two ladies' <clears throat> parties, same time. One in Queens, one in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Same time. Okay. My original plan was I was going to, after work, after I do the show, shoot up to Queens, hang out with 92-year-old auntie. Then hop on a plane, fly down to ba- you know Baltimore, drive it over to second auntie party. Which I say it was crazy. Which was crazy. It didn't work out. It because, was too much because yeah. of work. Right. And so it wound up not working out because, um, of course, the Kavanaugh hearings took place Saturday right. as well, mm-hmm. which everyone was very depressed about. No, I can understand if you all didn't watch it because a lot of people decided they didn't want to watch. But NBC decided they want us to have that backdrop of, of the backdrop of the Capitol behind us while we were mm-hmm. talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I wound up having to d- fly down. So I wasn't able to make it to the Queen's party. So I had to right. pick one party, which right. probably was more realistic anyway. But you take on a lot of guilt when you miss these events. I do because I'm really close to these people. These are these are like my closest aunts and uncles and cousins, and I love them and I want to be around them and I want to spend more time with them. I lived in Florida for 14 years. Yeah. So we really didn't get to see them that much. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm back on the East Coast, I just want to be around them right. as much as I can. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's like, you do have to manage 
a very busy life of your own with yeah. three children mm-hmm. um, and a husband mm-hmm. um, and a very busy job. Yeah, and a very busy job. You know, time what I mean? management is very difficult. So to feel guilty. Yeah. I say to you in this mini therapy session. <laughs> You're my therapist. Because I think they know that you love them because you do make a lot of an, a lot of effort. I try. But when you can't make stuff, just yeah. for there are times when I feel that you need to just kind of pause and say, you know what, I need a little me moment here. Right. Yeah. Instead of being on a plane to go to this and go to that. Because you do see all of them. It's not like it's been six years right. since you've seen them. No, it's true. And uh, the problem is uh, my reflexes always say yes, and I say yes to everything, and I'll double book and triple book myself. And then work is always unpredictable because there could be a hurricane or right. a vote or something happens. And so it's very unpredictable. And I work weekends, which is when everybody's partying. Right. So it's very difficult, but I do have that West Indian guilt thing. We're we and the Catholics and the Jews. Like this is the three of us. <laughs> you know, the I got some nods here. I think the Italians a little bit. There's yeah. certain cultures that are very guilt driven, and Catholics are very much like that. West Indians are very much like that, and Jewish people are very much like that. Where it's like, oh, it's fine. You're not gonna come. You know, I forgive you. At the same time, I might die that weekend, but it's okay. But it's okay. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. do you. You do you. I'll just be here dying. Right. And there's a West Indian version of that. You know, I have, so this weekend I'm doing another one. I'm actually taking Sunday off because I'm driving down to one of my other old people who I love. My godmother is turning 85 mm-hmm. in Jamaica. Now, I work in New York. She's turning Did Jamaica. Did you say you were driving to Jamaica? We're flying to Jamaica on okay. Saturday. Her party's Saturday night. And I've taken Sunday off because I have to get there gotta go it's how family works <laughs> jackie's like no it bro- isn't <laughs> will your brother and sister be flying down no, as ma'am. well it's because i'm the one who does it i'm the one who who, who, who does it See, i'm the one who tries to go i just feel like it's two things i feel like because you have your own inner guilt and they know this that there's this expectation for you to come but i also feel there's like well, you know, my cousin or whatever, Joy Ann Reed, who's on MSC, is going to be at our party. Because I go through this with my, I have one sibling. Mm-hmm. And I'll have family members that will kind of give me a hard time for not showing up and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, did you reach out to my sister and encourage her to come? And put is, is she giving this guilty treatment at all? Right. No. No. So I'm like, why do you really want me there? Well, she's not Jackie Reed from well, New York Live and Tom's Winter Morning Show. Listen. Yeah. It, it's an extra thing. And so these, these jobs are great jobs. Like, first of all, I, we're very grateful for these jobs. We love them. We love what we do. But the other side to it mm-hmm. is that you're a public-facing person even to your own family. Right, you are. All right. And Just so, like you were talking about being at a loved one's funeral last week. People, people taking, taking pictures. How are you doing a selfie? You at a funeral. Rude. People go, by the way, can I take a selfie with you real quick? And I'm like, we're in a church at a funeral. Somebody's dead. See, but the problem is you say that on the inside. You need to say it on the outside. I do. Mm-mm. Well, so you're taking off and going to Jamaica. Taking off Saturday. We'll go to Jamaica. How long are you staying in Jamaica? We'll be there till Tuesday. Oh, okay. Jason so you're going to have on. a little bit of a... Make a little vacation out of it. Okay, I like that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make like it that. work. I'm going to make it work for me. We'll get good. some sleep and some rest. We're going to go to Dungeon Falls. We're going to do some fun things. Oh, My godmother lives in um, Kingston. Mm. So it's like real Jamaica. It's not even like this I like. It's like authentic Jamaica. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're going to get some real like great fish. And they, they'll do fried fish. And we do like the curry goat and the rice and peas. And we have gray mm-hmm. <laughs> rays. things. Good thing. So wait, you and Jason have roots in Jamaica? Jason is Jamaican. I'm right. not Jamaican. His family is all Jamaican. 
his mom, his dad. But you have family in Jamaica? My godmother. So my godmother, who's mm-hmm. my mother's best friend, when she went to NYU, mm-hmm. they were besties. They used to throw what they call rent parties. Mm. So my godmother. I know what that is. Yes. And they, they were like you and me. So I like how you and me. I'm like Martin Luther King and you're like Malcolm X. <laughs> That's how my godmother and my mom were. My mom was Martin Luther King and my godmother was Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. If a teacher would like discriminate against them because they were the only two black girls in class, but they were foreign blacks. So there would be some black American girls or black American kids in class who would be treated really poorly. Right. And they were treated like necks down from poorly, a little bit better because they were wow. foreign. So my godmother took that to me. Oh, I'm going to take it for all the black people up in here. Mm. So she would be the one screaming and hollering at the teachers, yes. like going after them. She was, And my mother would be the one trying to calm her down from taking her earrings off and putting Vaseline on her forehead and beating people up. Right. So that was pretty much their, that my mother's like role was to keep my godmother out of jail, mm-hmm. keep her from beating people down. But that was her. She was like very, very forward in terms of her rights. So she came from Jamaica where black people are the majority. She's like, we run Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You can't tell us what to do. And her family, the Mattises, like, they lived in a lot of Kingston. So they were a lot of mattresses. So you really couldn't mess with them. Mm-hmm. Well, she just came to America with that attitude in the 60s of like, I don't understand this discrimination thing you want to talk about. This whole idea that we're going to be segregated and all that. I don't get that because we don't do that home. So neither my parent, my mother nor her really were used to that. Yeah. So they didn't play it. They were in New York and they were still trying to people trying to play them, trying to try them. Oh. So this is the godmother who when my mom passed away really took me in she and my aunt the aunt that i went to the party and she really became my two mothers mm. i had one mother in bronx and one in brooklyn it was how those two. were you when your mother died 17. Oh. so i was really needy you know what i mean yeah, so I your really, father was not in the picture he was not in the picture he was in the congo so i really i needed them so my i lived with my auntie dolly mm-hmm. um and she was the one who used to send her three daughters three of her four daughters used to stay with us every summer mm. so we really grew up as sisters she her daughters and me my sister my brother grew up as siblings basically because mm-hmm. they came every summer and then my auntie bernice who's my godmother is like a second mother to me so i, I have to go to these parties like it's important like the reason i put the guilt on myself is these people were formative in my life from the time yeah. i was 17 on these were like my parents so they're the people who held you up people who kept me when from you like, basically were orphaned right yeah. you kept me from crumbling you know right. emotionally so i try to do what i can yeah that makes sense yeah but i still feel that even though with all of that mm-hmm. your life um brings with it a lot of stress a lot and I think that you have to kind of manage and kind of and self-care more, even though you totally. want to be there. I think you go a lot that if you were to skip something yeah. because it was a crazy, busy week, especially as we get closer and closer to midterms and yeah. everything that's going on with this presidency, you're stretched. This is the last trip because after this, you can't. no one's taking time off. It's going to be really hard to get time off at work because... You know, the midterms are like crucial. These are critical midterms. But you can't take on the stress of no. missing right. this and that. You I'm have to miss stuff. Okay, repeat after me. No. No. <laughs> I won't be able to make it. Won't be able to make it. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Call my brother or sister Call in my, my brother stead. and sister. <laughs> they are right there in LA. So how about you guys? Let's wind down with you. What's going on? You know what? You know what? My favorite time of the year. And I do love the Christmas holidays, but my favorite time of the year is the fall TV season. Yeah. I'm in hog heaven right now, not only with returning favorites, Mm -hmm. but because of all the great new shows that I get to road test. Um, And because I do the show that I do, um, New York Live and The Hub Today, we have all these great celebrities that that are coming in for these new shows. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, one of my favorites, which some people, maybe for some people, maybe not, is God Friended Me. 
What's that? Over on CBS. Okay. Um, one of the it's starring um, Brandon Michael Hall, mm-hmm. who was in that ABC show The Mayor, mm-hmm. um, with the vet. Uh, Brown, Nicole Brown, Nicole Brown that mm-hmm. we love. She played his mom on the show. That show didn't get picked up. Mm-hmm. Now he's over on CBS on this show that they're really putting a lot of energy into. So he um, plays a uh, young adult atheist who's a podcast host. Okay. And his podcast focuses on atheism. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, um, you know, he's very smart. Mm-hmm. As a lot of atheists are mm-hmm. very smart people, um, but he does not believe as God. But what does not believe in God. But what's interesting is that his father is a minister and pastor of a church, played by Papa Pope himself, Joe Morton. Oh my God! When I tell you, and so the two of them don't get along, and the reason why the main character uh, let go of you know he grew up in church, he's a PC preacher's right. kid, he moved away from that because his mother die mm. um and you know and that's revealed in the first episode but it really really is well done so joe morton was on our show this week to talk about that show mm. he's so incredible himself mm-hmm. um and you know people still call him papa hope papa pope Everywhere. and he doesn't mind but this show you got to check out just because not only is it good um and it makes you think about faith um, but not in a oh, beat you over the head with a Bible kind of way. Right. But there's some great acting in there, particularly mm-hmm. because of the relationship between Joe Morton and Brandon Michael Hall, who mm-hmm. plays his son. Um, and just how this all plays out. And because here's a black young man that's a lead mm-hmm. in a primetime series. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's anchored by a black family because there's, you know, there's Joe Morton, his son, and then he has a sister. Mm-hmm. So it's the three of them, strong black actors. So that's reason enough to give it a try. And it's good. That's it's awesome. well written. And when is that on? It's on uh, Monday nights. Okay. It's so good. No, I'm sorry. Sunday nights. Mm. Right after 60 Minutes. I can watch that. I'm home. Yeah, you're home. Mm. You should give it a try. I, I think will. you'll like it. Okay. I think you'll like it. But also, and uh, we'll talk about, I'll tell you what else I'm loving. I love the Chicago series on NBC, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Oh, there's three? There are three of them. How do I know that? They are amazing. Hmm. And there used to be like Tuesday night one, Wednesday night the other, Thursday night the other. Mm -hmm. Now they're all three on Wednesday night. Oh, it's so great because they do a lot of crossover, which I love anyway, because you'll fall in love with these characters. Mm-hmm. Are they going to win any Emmys or anything? Probably not. Okay. But it's great procedural drama. It's mm-hmm. so well done. But then now, there's what a kind n- of a show is this? Like a CSI type of show? Um, in, in a way. No, no, not really. It, there's always some kind of... In the, in the med show, somebody comes in with some kind of ailment, mm-hmm. you know, and there are always a lot of different stories, a la ER, oh, okay. going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you fall in love with the cast. You know, the doctors in there, they're dealing with their own personal things. Some of them are romantically linked. Gotta have Somebody that. comes in with this like ailment. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. drama. Uh, Chicago Fire will make you have a greater appreciation for the public servants in our mm-hmm. individual cities mm-hmm. who risk their life. You know, I really, I mean, I know what firefighters do. Right. But when you watch shows like this, you see them. Like, there was a man, oh, this was on 9-11 with the fire department there, which is another great show over on Fox by Ryan Murphy. This man fell out of a window and got lodged in between two very close buildings because mm. he had a bit of a gut. Thank right. God his gut saved him. Right. And they had to call the fire department. He hung in there overnight because it happened in the middle of the night. People heard him screaming. They had to go into the building, cut into the wall, 
and outside to pull this man in. The things the fire department does, does yeah, you know, true. it's not just fires. Right. There's so many amazing things that they do and the skill level that they have with the that's engineering true. to yeah. figure things out. It's amazing. So I love 911. I love Chicago Fire. So Chicago Fire is that. Okay. And then Chicago PD, of course, is the police department. Right. So they're solving all kind of, you okay. know, But they're not rings, killing Laquan McDonald or anything like that. Right? I see. Stop. No. I'm just saying. No. But you know what? They do deal with things like that over on Blue Bloods oh. with Tom Selleck. Okay. Okay. You know, every once in a while, there, there will so be an episode. Girl, yes, he's over on Blue Bloods handling mm. things. He's the commissioner of police in New York City. Mm. Yes, and he has a family of... Um, his two sons are part of the police department. One's mm-hmm. a detective. One's a beat cop. Mm-hmm. And his daughter works with the DA's office. Oh. Yes. And his father, died. the retired father from Blue Bloods. No, no, somebody just died that is similar to Tom Selleck with a mustache. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I, They're two different people. I'm going to slap you right now. What? I'm sorry. How do you eat? What? They both have mustaches. Tom Selleck of Magnum PI, you got mixed up with Burt Reynolds? I'm Smokey tired. and the Bandit? I'm tired. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> I'm tired. No, ma'am. Not on my watch. <laughs> Not on my watch. You will learn white men with mustaches and who is who. Who is who? Oh, my God. Isn't he dead? I'm tired. Shame on you. This is why you don't need to be flying to Jamaica. You need to get some damn rest. True. Up here trying to stretch yourself too thin for all these family members. If they loved you, That's they fair. would understand. That's fair. That's they fair. don't love you. Your family does not love you. That's fair. fair. Entirely fair. This is an intervention. I done mixed up the two white men with the mustaches. Damn. Stop it. Blue Bloods is one of my favorite shows. <laughs> Although I got mad because they killed off one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. Linda, the wife of. Um, yeah, she was probably annoying because you like all the people who are annoying. I when do I want not like annoying die. people. Are you kidding me? Walking Dead. Listen. Fear Mm-mm. the Walking Dead. Yeah, we're going to talk about some Walking Dead in just a minute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had some members of the Walking Dead on my show this week. We had Tom Plain, Payne, who plays Jesus. Oh, I hate him. What I don't mean? hate the actor. I hate the character. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I love Jesus the Lord. I love the Lord. Make it clear. Make it clear now. I love the Lord. I hate Jesus the character on the walk. Why? Down. Because he's soft and he keeps on making bad decisions. Let the saviors live. No, man. Yeah. Kill the saviors off. Let's talk about the walking down. Okay. It's back. It's back. Did you mm. watch it? Of course. I live tweeted it. I saw you tweeting. Yes. We are so busy eating French fries. We're so eating. Okay, so it's the last season of Rick Grimes. Right, season nine. And I'm thankful that he's going to die. And I'm I am sorry. upset with that. And right. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I know. But we will agree to disagree. Clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. And I remember that Rick Grimes, clink. Rick Grimes is the first character that you met on The Walking Dead. If you remember the original episode, he wakes up in the hospital. Right. And he realizes, oh shit, something's going wrong. He finds Morgan, who explains to him what's happening in the world. While he's been in a coma right. from a, um, a a basically a shooting that took place while he was on the job. While he's been asleep, his partner has gotten with his wife, who's annoying, <laughs> um, who finally they killed off because she was a pain in the ass. 
not until she gave birth gave birth to a, a useless baby who loved you i love judith but i mean you don't Why want do a baby in the apocalypse Mm-mm. but she's cute and i love babies but the reality is you don't she's want a baby not a real baby no we don't want a baby in the apocalypse like that was dumb i mean that just shows you how dumb his ex-wife was and you're gonna get pregnant in the apocalypse but why do you blame him for that i blame both of them i don't like her why don't you like rick because rick makes stupid decisions shane who was his partner when they were cops dirty cop shane who got with his wife who got with his wife was and went on to be the punisher and went on to be the punisher <laughs> but shane was right about the fact that rick kept letting people live who shouldn't be allowed to live in the apocalypse you know this jackie i know the the, the it's fear the living fear the dead because the dead can't help it the living are evil and you have to accept that human beings will go to their primordial nature they will be evil in the apocalypse you can't keep giving people chances rick is like come and join our community and then they take over let's be friends and then it turns out to be negan i have to agree with you i feel the same but i think that rick as a leader has done a lot of good over the over his time on the show like what i really do I think that he's done a lot of. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> he went. Okay, hold on. Let me give me give me my, my real particulars. One second. Okay. They went to the farm, the farm that they built, the farm that was being owned by Maggie and her family. Oh, okay. These people had survived the entire zombie apocalypse. They were fine. They had a barn full of walkers. No one was bothering them. Rick came along. The barn burned down. The walkers <laughs> came out. The house burned down. The entire place was rover- overrun by walkers. To do with and Rick. they had to move. They had nothing to do with Rick. They have a mag- herd of walkers came through. He didn't his, bring the walkers there. His strategy. What strategy his, brought those walkers his there? His poor strategy brought those walkers. They were fine until Rick came along. The only thing Rick brought that was that was of any use was the father to Maggie's child. <laughs> she brought him, they, he brought him, her a daddy for her baby who she now has to lug through the apocalypse. And so I'm surprised That's you Rick's fault too. That. Then Negan takes a baseball bat <laughs> and kills the father of, of Maggie's How child. How is that Rick's fault? Rick, not the, the killing isn't his fault. The killing's not his fault. Abraham and... And Abraham and was the same. Abraham was also killed. But Abraham was also someone who wanted people to live. Yes. And who was a very positive, because he was a doctor. He was into saving lives. That's true. But the reality is, once that killing was done, mm-hmm. Negan had to die. Right. Rick is, in theory, a police officer. Each time he's had the opportunity to kill Negan... This trained police officer couldn't figure out how to shoot him, couldn't figure out how to beat him, couldn't figure out how to fight him. It's like, dude, you have training. Why can't you kill this man? <laughs> he's had he's taken shots at him and missed. He's taken swings at him and missed. Remember it's they, like hmm? remember they went to the um what is where the where the saviors live? What's that? Uh, they were in the McCall, sanctuary. In the sanctuary, and they had those those metal shields up yes, in their car, and they and they can still got away from and that. I'm saying you're a trained cop. <laughs> Pretend that he's like a black guy by the side of the road that you want uh, to kill. Stop because it. police have no trouble killing people when they want, huh? <laughs> but you're saying to me, you can't kill this guy. Shots, free open shots. You got a good clean shot at him. You can't do it. You were trained. Let me explain Rick to you. As much as I have to explain Kanye to you, <laughs> let me explain Rick to you. <laughs> let me tell you what's going on with Rick. In the apocalypse, where humans are dying out, right? Mm-hmm. 
they're battling for the survival just of the of not only of themselves but just as the race right well it was not race but the human as race. a people the human mm-hmm. race so what rick has to and they bump up against as you said all these evil people so rick has to represent there has to be somebody that represents good there has to be somebody that represents humanity because of, if you don't then what will happen is what we're going to see happen with Maggie this season, I predict. Maggie, who just killed Greg, which I celebrate because he got on my she nerves. She had to do it. She had to do it. But also, see how hard she's been with Rick and negotiating this and that for food. You got to give this. We need this. Maggie, it is being said, is going to go the way of the governor. As far as becoming an evil person, I think what, even though it gets on my nerves that there's so much grace shown by Rick and by Michonne, Michonne now, and so Michonne. many people like that, I know I, I'm not a fan of that, but I get it. I think it's a necessity in this world. Otherwise, it's just dog eat dog, just evil. Because remember, remember now what brought what what brought Negan on and this was a bad decision by Rick but it was when he gave into let's just go and kill all these saviors right when they went and they went into their camps yep. before anybody came after them they were like we're gonna kill them first but that was smart it wasn't smart you know why because it put them on Negan's radar kill first no don't wait they should not have done that once Negan killed Glenn that was before that, that. I know, but that was that wrong. That's, were, that's how Neg. That's how Glenn but, end up getting killed. But here, Glenn have, and Abraham. You have to forget rem- about Abraham. Poor Abraham. But you have to remember, <laughs> even before Rick and his men and his crew and our crew, our crew went through and killed all those saviors. Negan and the saviors were stealing people's food, enslaving other colonies. Those, all the women were hiding. Remember the woman colony? They had to hide because he was enslaving women and making them his wives. I know, stealing people's wives. Negan is evil, and so nothing you do to the saviors is too much. And when you have people like that who are totalitarians who want to destroy the world, you gotta get a little wicked to stop them. But once you give in to that kind of evil. Once that's your strategy, it's hard to turn back. And I think Rick, as an example of a group of people, and for his son Carl, who I'm glad is dead, but Carl that's was neither a here liability. nor there. He really was. I mean, when he was a little kid, I tried to forgive him. Like Carl, but as don't he got- go to the stream. <laughs> Carl, why are you at the stream? Carl, don't touch the zombie. Carl, why touch the zombie? This was our show for three years. I know. And then he became this nice person, and he brought that bite on himself, trying to save some guy who had lived all this time. By himself was fine. I'm just saying, I get that Rick, for his that character, had to play out what he had to play out. There had to be, it couldn't just all be evil, and everybody just kill, 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 kill. There had to be some humanity represented in the show. Actually, yes, it could. It could not. It It would not have been a balanced drama. It would not have been. See, I think the problem with the, the, um, the writers... And this happened with, with Game of Thrones, one of my other favorite shows for a while. The writers forget that the villain is not satiating to the audience. The audience uses the villain as a time stopper between the time when your heroes struggle and when they win. Mm-hmm. The only purpose for the villain is for to be defeated. It's the only reason they exist. The only reason Smaug exists in, <laughs> you know, what is it? In, um, I'm going to get on the wrong show. And um, what is it? Who has Smaug? 
in the Hobbit. The only mm-hmm. reason there's a Smaug is so the, so that he will be defeated, right? The only reason that there's a dragon is so that the White Woods can say, "You shall not pass." Like, who, why, why would he be there if he could pass? Not in the Game of Thrones. The, we like the, the dragons in the Game. Of no, no, I'm saying the Dragon Thrones. I'm right, saying right. that in like Lord of the Rings, right. you want you shall not pass. Mm-hmm. If the guy could pass, then what the hell's the point of having a dragon? Like the whole point is that you want your team to win. The only purpose for the villain is to be defeated. They've dragged Negan through three seasons where he wins every season and as a viewer you want your team to win well, and the governor was fun because you knew it was one season and then he was going to lose true well see part of your when did you start disliking rick during the negan uh, era or first episode <laughs> what an idiot are you kidding He's me an idiot how Everything he did was dumb. No, I don't think I don't believe. I don't that. like Rick because if you didn't like Rick, you would have not stayed with this show. No, I. You know, by the way, Mm-mm. I stayed with the show, not because of Negan. Rick, no. I love Michonne. Michonne wasn't on. I love Daryl, okay. and I love Carol. You stayed with the show because of them, because I was like the other people seem smart, and I love Daryl. If they kill Daryl off, I stop watching. I loved Rick from the beginning, and I will say to you. There, and to me, the brilliance of The Walking Dead, because it is about humanity. It is, it is what man will do when he is pushed to his absolute limit. And I think that Rick made choices, whether you like them or not, to lean into his humanity. And I think that made for interesting encounters with the group that he ended up being the leader of, as well as with the enemies that they faced. I think that's true, but I think his his choices were so poor. That shocks me that they continue to let him lead. Daryl is such a smarter character. And I hate to say it, but that red state dude with all the guns and the arrow is the guy who's going to survive the apocalypse. <laughs> and Daryl is that guy. That's the guy that's going to make it. Just I'm, saying. Listen, Rick, Rick has come out on top in a lot of battles. He lost his wife, his son. His son lost himself. That's true. His wife shouldn't have got pregnant. She was a fool. I mean, you know, we don't even know. That, that wasn't even Rick's baby, was it? Was that Shane's baby? We think it was Shane's. Yeah. So that maybe later on we'll find out that Judith is really Shane's baby. Nah, he didn't have anything to do with any of that. <laughs> and what's he gonna do? Nothing. They decide to have the baby. Not a they can't damn thing. Listen, I I like Rick, and I would be sad to see him go. I'm really upset that this is his last season because he's the first character that I got to know. He was the original character that you got to know. He and Morgan, and a lot of people forget. See, Morgan is now my favite character because over Morgan, fear. Morgan, who's now over at Fear, was the second person you got to know in The Walking Dead because Rick is saved by Morgan. Morgan sort of teaches him the way of the zombie world. And to me, Morgan has had a great character arc where he's learned how to have his humanity back, but he's also tough and he and he fights. And I love that he popped up over the different seasons once. Remember when he popped up and he had lost his mind completely? He lost it. Like he's gone through madness. He's gone through sanity. He's lost his whole family. I love Morgan and I love the king. And he, oh, I love King. He's Ezekiel. so flowery. Can we talk about the kiss and the proposal between him oh and Carol? Oh my God! It's it's and I love Carol. I so. love Carol. I love the King, but I have to say I'm a little upset because I do want Carol with Daryl. Carol and Daryl belong together, and you can see Daryl's a little spicy about them being together. He's not happy about it. Did you happy. see the end when she put her head on his chest? Yes. And I always have thought Carol and Daryl would ultimately be together, mm-hmm. but I feel like Daryl is such a loner. He is. 
he'll never have he's a relationship. Beyond, well, th- th- that's the one thing that I do like about Daryl is that he ain't got time for no relationship. No time. He realizes this is a zombie apocalypse. That's he probably right. goes in the woods, masturbates, <laughs> and it's done. Keeps it moving. And keeps it moving. And that's what everybody And even with doing. that greasy hair? Listen. He's really rather Whittle fine. yourself a stick down, put something around it, make it work, ladies. But I'm surprised <laughs> more women haven't gone for Daryl. Because Daryl's handsome. He's the most handsome out of all of they them. They probably Daryl looks like I ain't got time for that. He don't. He looks like he don't have time. But he's they're handsome. probably trying to talk to him about like what was your favorite movie back in the day? And or isn't like, the sky I don't pretty? Care. He's like I, how, how zombies. He's like let me sharpen this arrow. <laughs> I don't have time for all that. Uh, yeah, I agree. You don't have time for it. I appreciate. It. I, I do too. That. I like that about him. But I like this episode. I'm glad that it's back. It was good. It's getting a lot of praise, even though the numbers for the the show are down. Hmm. A lot of people are celebrating that they seem to be going in a different direction. Direction. I love that the trash girl is now all cleaned up and her new name is Anne. She's she's got a name. Yes. We like trash. Her girl. name is Anne. I really love that apartment she had though. But so now we're feeling a little different. I'm curious though, when she was on I said this before, but when she was on our show, she said that fans are gonna be happy with Rick's exit, with the way that he exits. Okay. And she meant fans of him. So you right. probably won't be happy because that probably means he's going to live in some kind of way. I think uh, he's going to go off with the helicopter. What What really, really just upset me about Rick was that he let, he slashed Negan's throat and then said, patch him up. When he slashed his throat, I almost gained respect for but Rick. Then if, if you, and then he let him live. But why, do you, why are you not equally mad at Michonne? I am as mad as Michonne because I think Rick ruined Michonne. Michonne got soft. <laughs> Michonne was tough. She was walking two walkers with no arms and no jaw. She had her sword. And now she's like playing house and she's like a mommy now. It's like, I don't like this Michonne. I want Michonne to be tough and badass. She is tough when it and comes. And Denai Guerrero is from Wakanda. I know. I know. I have a problem with that. But I'm happy that it's back. I thought it was so good. I did enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to the next season. Are you hanging on to Fear? Are you still happy with Fear the Walking Dead? I'm still Dead? happy with Fear because they got rid of the mom. Because the mom is the female Rick, and I hate her. Kanye West. Oh. <laughs> so, I had a crazy day today. So, I didn't get to watch him at the White House in the Oval Office. But when I got here, Joanne was like, did you see this? And I was like, no. And so she played the video for me of Kanye's rant. And folks who listen to this podcast will know that I am a defender of Kanye in that I don't condone his actions. But I say that there are mitigating circumstances in that he is mentally ill and admittedly is not taking his meds. Why would you invite someone who is clearly suffering with mental issues and making irrational choices into the White House to basically take over your office because Trump just sat there and just rant on and on about nonsense. Because he's black and he's a celebrity and Trump wanted to use Kanye and wants to use him as you know so trump is an autocrat like right and so if you think about classic autocratic behavior one of the things they'll do is that in between trying in between ruling their country like despots Mm -hmm. they also try to cultivate around themselves certain popular figures and they'll try to like bring that person into their orbit donald trump wants famous people around him he feels he's owed having famous people around him. He wants famous people to genuflect before him, bow before him, show that he's like a king. And there aren't that many celebrities willing to do it. Um, 
you had um what's his name do it you had um kid rock steve harvey do it yeah you had kid rock do it ted nugent who isn't really a celebrity since he hasn't been famous since like the 70s did chuck it Woolery? chuck woolery who hasn't been famous since the 80s but well, he why doesn't he just it? invite chuck woolery to the because white house chuck woolery isn't famous anymore i mean the reality is trump wants current celebrities and to be honest with well, you james wood james woods who's not really current but these people aren't that popular what trump wants to show is that not only does he have some celebrities around him and he only has b-listers james woods b-lister these are b-listers but he wants to show i have an a-lister i have somebody popular i have somebody is black because he's connected to the kardashians too i think the kardashian connection and i really do think it's also racial i think he wants to show the blacks love me the ones who matter love me <laughs> and blacks. here's one of the blacks that loves me he's kanye west he's famous he's a star here he is genuflecting before me and Kanye West I know you know I have I've people that I know who suffer from mental illness that is not an excuse for why you would be down with that agenda what Kanye West keeps saying is that black people are on welfare I guess on purpose he's speaking nonsense how do you give any credibility to anything this man this is, is saying. his ideology I think that what happens is when you have a certain amount of mental illness it will enhance whatever it is that's already there and the reality is we need to just accept that Kanye West is a Trumpist is a right winger does have this ideology and is also bipolar this both can be same, true I don't think that it's true I think when his mother was alive she kept him in check I think she kept his she helped manage his bipolarism but I think now I think that once she died I think that too many yes people were around him. And I think even before the Kardashians, I think the people around here were yes people. And I can't say, in my opinion, I don't know this for a fact, that they were looking out for his best interest. And so any idea or any anything that he wanted to rant about or go on and on about, I think they leaned into and just supported and made him think that he was right. And so I think that he's gone down this path of... I don't want to say of no return, but I think that no one's around him to pull his coattails, at least no one that he will listen to. Well, no one he listen to, and I th but I think the reality is you can be a narcissist, right? And I think he and Trump have that in common. They're both narcissists. They both want to be in the spotlight. They want attention. I think he does have a certain amount of insecurity because you have people like Kendrick Lamar who are making more noise, who are more sort of culturally relevant yeah. than he is right now people like jay-z that are making more cultural noise he feels marginalized and i think he said it he never felt that president obama gave him his due he felt that as a chicago resident he should have been in the white house he should have been celebrated by president obama it didn't happen trump is willing to do it he's gonna take it and Why i do think you think that he said back in the day that um <clears throat> george bush didn't care about black people i think at that moment he was experiencing what we all were experiencing watching new orleans happen and i think it was spontaneous and, and i think and do you think that he no longer experienced because those of us who saw that the way that we did as black people yeah who saw what was happening you know in new orleans after katrina um still today see what's happening in society with yeah. you know <clears throat> police being called on black men for babysitting white kids and all the things that just continuously go on um and are outraged you know we stand with colin kaepernick and i don't and what happened with kanye to make him see things when it comes to race and this government differently it's interesting because i have an entire chapter in my first book called kanye mm -hmm. and i write about that moment when he 
you know, shocked everybody by saying George W. Bush doesn't care about black people, which Bush later said was the worst moment of yes. his presidency, which is kind of crazy given that there was an Iraq war and a lot of people died. Ah. Um, and 9-11. And the whole 9-11 Yeah, thing. 9-11. <laughs> I mean, but, come yeah. on. But um, he, after that happened, Kanye West was booed at public events. Mm-hmm. He was booed at even a, a sporting event where he was performing. He was really uh, harassed. It, he, he actually reaped a lot of whirlwind from doing that. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of risk he took. But I think he did it spontaneously in the moment because I don't think he has a lot of control mm-hmm. over his emotions. This is what I'm and saying. I think in that moment, he really believed that. But I do think, See? just like now, when he said it, he believed it. So I think that it's true that Kanye doesn't have a lot of self-control, but that the things that come out of his mouth are what he really feels. But also, so when he says he loves Trump, I think he believes. I, I think he really also, does. I also think that it depends on what he's exposed to at the time and who's around who's him. Who's around at the time. him. But what he believes. He's not around is, MAGA people, girl. He's around hip hop people. But they're, this man they're likes Trump. Yes, people. They're supporting what he says and what he's exposed to i think he i think he likes being a free thinker and i think he's up i think he doesn't like the fact that so many people don't like trump and i think he has a problem with that he sees trump he sees himself in trump because they are very similar they are very needy they're very emotionally needy who's not they're very very empty not everyone i think they're not they're, not empty but needy a lot of people a are lot needy. of people are needy but i feel like the two of them have this sort of like love starved need and it's a black hole but i i think that i i don't know the mental state of the president because he hasn't spoken openly about any ailments right. that he may have <laughs> although the media has speculated <laughs> ad nauseum about what could be going on with him mentally but i think kanye has spoken out about being bi- mm-hmm. bipolar and has also spoken out about not being on his meds now i'm not now i'm saying in that particular state right anything that he is leaning into believing really his thoughts and his beliefs are heightened even if they're negative in that state but he's giving full throated rants for trump saying things about black people but that he's are saying shocking. nonsense it is not I it's mean, nonsense when i heard what he was saying in the oval office today i was like how does anyone how do you how do you get angry with him and not feel I feel sorry for Kanye because it seems like he's losing his mind but the problem is is that Kanye even at the state he's in has a lot of influence over a lot of young people there are young people who still listen to Kanye and if he's trying to lead a band of young hip hop fans he's not making good music scoop or whatever he's doing but if he's gonna (laughs) be sorry if he's gonna be leading (laughs) young people to essentially consent to authoritarianism I have a problem with that and I, think I don't he, think that he's leading anyone anymore I, hope I not. really don't I hope not I think that today's display is one of so many um, Saturday Night Live appearance where he dresses a bottle of drink what is going on and he got some other rapper to also dress as a bottle of drink and if you are going to look at that and think that anybody who takes that seriously has their own problem well the president anybody, of the united states takes it seriously which is ridiculous crazy. and the idea that he would use if 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 i take your theory that kanye is just ill yes. then that means the president of the united states is willing to use an ill person in order to further his own agenda yes, and is. make it look like black people support him. i agree but i still say that as as a hip-hop fan as a gen x person that you know when i was coming up hip-hop was public enemy tribe called quest the jungle brothers you know de la soul people who were saying something but kanye X-Clan. was saying something but early he doesn't on any, he hasn't for years but he doesn't anymore and you have to look at not only what he's saying 
you know, out there when he's talking in the Oval Office and doing other things, but also his music has suffered, right? Everything about him, aside from those beautiful children that he has. They are right? very cute. They're adorable, and they seem very healthy. But uh, his his wife is doing a cynical thing, too. I feel like Kim Kardashian, at the same time, and I know we disagree on this, is do. trying to use her notoriety to sort of recast herself as some sort of Harriet Tubman to try to bring people out of prison. I don't, this Harriet whole prison Tubman? reform thing, <laughs> I just feel like this whole prison reform thing is a sham. A sham for what, though? It's a sham for public relations for Jared Kushner. You have Jared Kushner out there pretending he's doing prison reform. You have Kim Kardashian pretending she's liberating people from prison. Are those it's two working all, together, you're saying? Oh, this prison reform thing has drawn in a whole bunch of people, and supposedly Jared Kushner is leading this initiative, and Kim Kardashian keeps going in saying she can get one-off people out of prison. You know, that's nice, but the reality is you're not going to get meaningful prison reform out of a president who tells cops to be more brutal, who tells us to bring back stop and frisk who says he wants to have his protesters beat up black protesters and he'll pay the fare who leads chance of lock her up meaningful prison reform when they are literally locking immigrant children up in cages in private prisons they're now sending those unaccompanied children who some of them are unaccompanied because they took them i know to camps that are private prisons you know how much money is being made and they're putting them in foster care they're being put up for adoption they'll never see their parents again this is what prison reform is going to come no, but what I'm saying is, I get that. I get that. And all that goes back to Trump. But why why be mad at Kim Kardashian for going out and, and fighting for prison you reform? You can't engage with authoritarianism. You can only fight it. That's it. You can't negotiate with it. You can't make deals with it. I mean, Masha Gessen, we have her on all the time, and she's made this very clear. The way to deal with an authoritarian is not to try to negotiate with them. The, what, what people need to do is fight this authoritarianism with everything they've got. Trying to negotiate one-off freedoms from it and trying to get largesse from the the person who styles himself as the king right. will never top. Will never top all I king. can say is I can't remember the, the woman's name who had been in prison for all that time that Kim Kardashian went and met with God Trump bless her. and got her out. If that were my auntie or my mom or my sister, I would say thank. Or if I were her, I'd be happy for that little moment, for that little win. Absolutely. I mean, listen, Kim Kardashian is no great politician and no great political figure. You know, she's not going to be in history books for anything when it comes to changing anything in the world. We know this. But if she wants to do a little part to help someone get out of prison, I don't see the harm in that. I hear what you're saying. Right. Um, and what is the price that was asked of her? Well, you better stand here and smile next to me. Trump only does in exchange for from something ki- for himself. In exchange for getting that woman out of prison, what's the harm in standing there and smiling next mm, to him? I know, I, know I wouldn't. I mean, listen. <laughs> if they, listen, if it were my mother or right. my sister or my auntie or somebody and I had yeah. to go and meet publicly with Trump and smile... I would, and, and if, if I could can convince some celebrity to just go, go do that for that moment, right. then I I, I don't I have it. a problem no, with that. No, I, I hear that. I hear And that. I understand you're looking at the bigger picture. I mean, I, I hear you, yeah. but I just, I, it's not like I'm just this hardcore defender of the Kardashians, but what I don't like when it comes to Kim Kardashian and her mother and the whole family, except for, for um, What's um, Rob? No, the husband that is. Um, oh, Chloe's uh, husband? No, Chris's husband. Um, the Olympian. Oh, Jenner? Yeah. What's his name? Her name? Caitlyn Jenner. Thank you, Caitlyn. I'm mad at Caitlyn. I can't. Yeah. With the her. exploitation of her situation. I cannot by her. But my problem with the whole Kardashian thing is that people just want to hate them just because they want to hate them. These women are harmless. 
what are they doing? Walking around, getting injections, doing whatever to make their body plastic surgery. They are harmless. They're harmless. They but are. people spew so much hate and spend so much time just hating these women. For what? Yeah. For flying in private jets and living their lives. Yeah. I can't. Then there are people that want to blame them for taking down black men and liking black men. And oh, they turning up the music they in up, here. They turned it's it up. They turned it into a club. They turned it into a club up But in I here. just, that's my issue. I don't, I'm not a great defender of the Kardashians. I do. I think they're business smart. And so I appreciate that. But I just have a problem with people just hating them because they just hate them. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. They, have, they, they are harmless. And I think they're that, harmless. you know, and, you know, celebrities. Without earn, unearned celebrity is an American phenomenon. Witness one Donald Trump, Hello? who was a failed businessman who got a TV show that made him look like a successful businessman. That's the basis of his fame. Nothing like he was a, literally a tax cheat and a guy who was very bad at business, but he was able to create unearned fame. Unearned fame is an American staple. There well, are some listen, really talented people, and there's some people who just become famous. And along those lines, you know, if if you call it that. There are a lot of people that are so that are influencers now yeah. who have built their fame and celebrity off of social media posts. That's very true. Right? And people may say, well, that's unearned. All you did was post. But those women that are out there and men may disagree with that. Yeah. You know, it, it all depends on what, what you, you consider yeah. work. And I have to say that I will say that Chris Jenner is a marketing genius. She is. I mean, she took what you would consider to be nothing really. Like, they don't act or sing or dance. And she managed to create an empire. And and I, I don't hate that. I, I actually have respect for the Kardashians having built a brand that's successful. Right. My problem is, is that at this point, the Kardashian Kanye West brand is now at the service of Donald Trump. He has put it in his service. And I have a problem with them letting him do that. I don't think they're at his service. I think that Kim wanted something. I think for whatever reason, she wanted to focus on prison reform with this particular woman. And now she's doing it with, I don't think there's a particular person now because right. she's revisiting all of this. And I think what, you never see Kim and Kanye together at the it's White true. House. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kanye has his own thing going on. Right. And rumor has it behind the scenes that not only Chris, but Kim also is very upset with how he's behaving publicly. I don't know how they feel about him taking his not taking his medication, but that behind the scenes, there are a lot of people that are very upset with the way that he's behaving. Right. And I'm sure that, listen, the, the Trump brand, there was a piece that came out recently. I don't remember what magazine was in. I'll have to try to find it and post it to our social media that showed that the Trump brand itself is actually declining. Like yeah. people, other than the emoluments he gets from foreign leaders who want to stay in his hotels because he's the president, when he's not president, Trump ties, Trump states, Trump water, none of this is going to sell. Because people don't want to be associated with it. One third of American adults like Donald Trump. And that's it. And those people, by and large, are not the people who are buying Trump steaks and Trump ties. He may be able to repurpose his brand and just sell it downscale and say, I'm just going to sell it to red state white conservatives. Okay, but that's not a national global brand. A global brand needs to be able to sell to you. Right. You need to want to buy a Trump branded thing. And right now, nobody other than conservative red state people want anything to do with that name. So Ivanka Trump's going to have to figure out what to do with her brand because those shoes, honey, women, I know women who are throwing their shoes away or giving them to Goodwill. They will not put them on her bo their body. Oh, they yeah. won't wear anything Ivanka Trump. And these are people who really enjoyed her clothes. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be a struggle to figure out what do the Trumps do after because their brand is now him. Well, they're simultaneously while they're in the White House 
setting themselves up for after that with relationships and sure. things like that. But will foreign relationships stay in place? Because if you think about, like, let's say you're China. You need to do business with him now. He's president. When he's not president, why again do you need to be at his golf resorts? Yeah. I'm not sure you do. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because it's interesting that the conservatives um, that are in office don't care anything about Donald Trump. They probably don't like him as well. Right. But it doesn't matter because he's helping him. push forth their agenda. Right. You know, so we'll see what happens when he's gone. Term elections. And will con- Republicans forevermore? I mean, if there was a thing called Reagan stakes, every Republican would buy them because they love Reagan. Right. But there isn't. There's Trump stakes and Trump ties and Trump golf course. I will be interested to see if when he's no longer president, any of that stuff will sell because I suspect it won't because Trump has made his brand associated with racism, with fascism, with hate, with cruelty, with caging babies. But all these people are at these Trump rallies. All these people voted for him knowing most of this. Then they can buy that. Let them buy it. That's what I'm saying. There probably will be enough people around to keep him in business keep his head above flow but what was what what i think will be even more harmful for him is what we learned about you know his father and the tax practices and how much money donald trump had in the beginning right you know we just thought it was a million dollars right but it was far more and mm-hmm. that to me said because i was like wow he was able to take that million mm-hmm. and really turn it into an empire mm-hmm. really this man became a billionaire mm-hmm out of nothing so he must be business savvy but now that's not even true not true not even kind of not even close his daddy bailed gave him a like almost a half a billion dollars and basically bailed him out that's right every stumble that he made along the way and we knew he was bad at business because he ended up 900 million dollars in the hole at one point he owes a lot of taxes but the interesting thing will be there's a lady named tish james letitia james maybe the next attorney general of new york Mm -hmm. sister who's already gone after Fox News, who's already been very aggressive as the public advocate going after these big businesses. Let's see if Donald Trump doesn't end up having to pay those taxes. Not just him, his brother, his sister, who's a sitting federal judge. Will they get prosecuted for tax fraud? Stay tuned. Our guest almost needs no introduction. Oh, she, yes, I do. Okay, you know, but <laughs> I I'm need help. Her, okay, I I'm need help. Listen, and, and, and she says give her one, and she will yes. receive. So, okay, she received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress, an Emmy no- nomination for her work in the animated program Happily Ever After. She is ranked as the second greatest female action heroine in film history. Now, you may know her best for her early 1970s work from a string of women in prison and black exploitation films such as The Big Bird Cage, Coffee, Foxy Brown, and Sheba Baby. And she starred in Quentin Tarantino's film Jackie Brown, for which she received that Golden Globe nomination for yes. Best Actress. I could go on and on and on, but let me introduce oh, you. didn't include Denver Native. Denver uh, yes, Denver okay, native. yes, because these, got two to go to yes. <laughs> these two are bonding. Yes, these two are bonding. at the hip. Mom says, <laughs> tell Joy. I'm here. <laughs> Come on out and visit. Seriously. I'm she talking thinks, to, she thinks I'm gonna bring you back home <laughs> on the plane. You might, you she might know. she might go. Might. No, because I, she cannot say no. Oh. To any invitation. Oh yes, she can. She can yeah. say no. No is a good word. I it know is. it's a good word, it's but we're trying. But we to haven't teach. said it's the one and only Pam Greer. Pam oh, everybody Greer. knows. Everybody they knows. They should know from the list that I just read off of. Who else? Come on, Coxie Brown. Who else could have these Denver. accolades? And from Denver. 
Every, welcome. Everybody's Foxy Brown and Coffee in Denver. Thank you for the invitation. I am so overjoyed to be here. We are Pardon delighted. The pun. We are delighted. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, no, I am uh, in honor to be in a position to promote, which, Joy, both of you will, will want to hear my theory, which is really important. It's a business theory on brownsugar.com is a streaming service that is uh, $3.99 has hundreds of Afrocentric African American titles of movies and mm-hmm. now documentaries and specials Michael Michael Jackson uh, Prince Oh, nice. To, to be able to, as my mom was telling, Joy and I were reminiscing, when we were in East Denver, my mom couldn't afford to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. So, because she was taking care of her three kids and my aunt's three kids. To, today, with brownsugar.com, we were having film festivals on the, every week, yes. almost at the nursing home. I love that. Everybody comes over in their walkers. They have their hot cocoa and her friends are f- first time seeing these movies. Yes. This, the, the, the pop culture that we, the trends that we've created from hair, Afro style music, attitude. The women's movement was the birth in the 70s. We were, I was watching Gloria Steinem, Bella Abzug, Shirley Chisholm, and Barbara Jordan on TV going, Yes, I got to get an education. No, I can't be married to Kareem. No, I can't be married to Freddie Prince. No, I can't get married to Richard Pryor and live under their umbrella of fame. Right. I need to get my degree. Find out who I am as a woman, not someone telling me who I'm going to be. Yeah. And that's the Denver attitude, which you, Mama over it here, is. Mama that's over Denver. here, <laughs> would say is. Um, so I have been fortunate to represent this this let this brown sugar.com from brown bounce tv and what it does it it after the premiere and the red carpet is over your project will fade mm-hmm. until black history month or if in a year or two it comes on cable but in the meantime your brand for 52 years in this industry has now been on brownsugar.com and we have to promote our brand Mm -hmm. even the young new actors and actresses in films today i don't know if they're going to have a 52 year career Mm. but right now if they don't have if they don't pay a pr person to keep their names in the press and you still have to pay a PR person even if your story is rejected in magazines. Mm-hmm. You still have to pay. So how do you keep your brand out there? With brownsugar.com or, the, or the, anyone that will show the content of movies. She looks like Ruby D. She looks like she is the stories and narratives. If you don't, we won't have another Black Panther. We won't have another empire. And right now, we're global. I get from Screen Actors Guild mm-hmm. a letter saying a, a, a tally of where my films are playing in the Netherlands. Coffee's in the Netherlands. It's in Denmark. It's all over the world. And and that's fifty. And so, it, uh, when you have that brand recognition, I'm invited to participate in a film. And the producers will say she'll bring in another half million in license from foreign DVD and cable. So we will hire her because mm-hmm. she has leverage. She has a negotiable brand. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to do 50 years later yep. or 10 years later or 30. Yeah. So as Taraji, who I wanted her to play Fox, uh, 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 Proud Mary, and she, everyone says she's the, the contemporary Pam Grier. Yes, she is. And there will be more. And she will inspire more. Mm-hmm. But but I got my Foxy Brown and my coffee attitude from my mom, who coffee was based on, and my aunt, who was Foxy Brown. She wanted to be a architect, an architect. 
and women weren't allowed into architectural schools anywhere. I couldn't get into vet schools. And I wanted to be a doctor, save my money, I ironed clothes, cut lawn, and every time we had a botillion or a black and white ball, instead of babysitting one child, I had a child on every flat surface in the house, <laughs> including the dining room table, <laughs> the stereo, the sofa. Instead of babysitting one child, I would babysit like 20. Yeah. So I was making some money for my college tuition. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is you have to... I, I thank God for Brown Sugar because there's so many, so many great actors who are contemporary not getting their work, but they are now because more content. There's more movies being made. Grease Lightning, who is on brownsugar.com, is going to be a series directed by Bill Duke. Hopefully, it'll be successful. Okay. Okay, and they're going to be playing me and Richard. Okay. Woohoo! Yeah. Isn't Come that through, Bill Duke. and only because there is an audience? Right. They didn't know there was an audience when I started. Yeah. Would they like a black woman who is? She's exploited because she has to fight to save herself. And that's where black exploitation came from. There were a lot of films done by black males before me. But as soon as I stepped into the man's shoes and started defending myself and handling guns, and that's what Daddy Ray taught me. He's from Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Then it became exploitation because the black woman has to protect herself. She's being exploited. The black woman is being exploited. No, I'm just taking care of myself. Kicking ass. Is that what you want to call it? That's fine. But it was a negative type of term to keep our films out of the main, out, 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 out yep. of the third, out of the theaters. Yep. So did you have a problem with the label black? Not at all. I embraced it because out of necessity comes genius. There was those one, those big Goliath theaters where our movies would stay in not just one week, but six, seven, eight weeks, and would keep out the white content. And they would get mad saying, well, our movie's supposed to be showing. Our and they said, well, no. The owner said, Silverman, Jack Silverman of SNS Theater Company said, we keeping in these black movies because they make money. They stay in forever. That's when I found out, okay, they're going to invent the multiplex. Now you're going to have seven theaters in one building. Mm -hmm. You can play Jackie Chan, Steve McQueen, black action, exploitation. Disney. Now you're having several theme, different theme movies under one roof. So we helped to invent yep. the multi-theater complex. Not to mention keeping all the drive-ins in Denver open. Still open. Because pretty much we would go and Across sit Across the park. country. Yeah, and you just sit in park and you can watch. And my mother love a black film. My mother want anybody. Is, uh, well, is that black you, people that's in it? Y'all screaming next door in the car next to us? Probably. <laughs> because my mother was like, is there, a, is there a, especially a black woman that's the lead? We're going. Wait, we got to talk about this this but, whole Denver thing between the two of you. Because you still live there. Yes. yes? I, I live south of Denver. My family's in Denver, but in their Wyoming. My grandfather, the first black feminist who taught us girls how to hunt fish and shoot and bring the boat in, is going to be played by Idris Alba. What? Really? In the, in the movie. Um sidebar backtrack um i uh lee ross at infinity word developed a video game for me called shaolin shuffle <laughs> and i teach my disciples jay farrell and a bunch of, of, of students to kill the zombie rats in harlem <laughs> It is a, and it's a video game you can play with your kids. It's We're so in much already fun. when you Shaolin Shuffle. And so I'm listening Done. to Jay Fair. I'm like, oh my God. I started getting the chills and I was listening to all his voice and so on. He said, that's 
think I found my Richard Pryor. And we had been looking. And so I called Benny Richburg, who is the showrunner and writer for Fresh Prince and Martin and Jamie Foxx show. I said, Benny, I'm screaming out in the parking lot. I think we got Richard Pryor. <laughs> Jay Farrell, you got to talk to him. You got to meet him. So Jay and them met, and they went over the script, and Jay loves it, and he's in. He's going to play Richard Pryor. Oh, and he can do a Richard Pryor. Wait, okay, know. so wait. What is this Oh, it, I know. <laughs> it's all zombies, <laughs> honey. My, my biopic. My autobiography. Yo, it's, uh, this is not this the is game. Not the this is the movie Idris oh, Elba. No. You're talking about the biopic. The biopic. Uh, there, will there be zombies in it? No, that's there the game. Be. Yes, yes, they will be. Matter of fact, maybe. No, maybe they're, and and um and so with Idris, he was with Jazzy Jeff and, and Benny. They're all from Philly, and they right. you know grew up with Will. And so Idris was hanging out with them. And when they're talking about you know Benny wrote the book, he said I got to do the Pam Grimm movie. And so I was like, okay, where can what can he do? Daddy Ray, he's gonna play. He's got to play Daddy Ray. He wants to be in the movie. Now the movie came out number twenty, New York Times bestseller. That's awesome. In twenty ten, I was you know truly, and I get to Harold Tamara Dobson, who was my friend. She died, passed away at sixty two, from Alzheimer's. She was taught me um, how to wear makeup. And I taught her how to do stunts and handle guns and remote. She said I was crazy. I said anything to keep from doing the dishes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so we were we were sisters. We were starting the branding and um, and my agent, John Gaines, um, who I want Ryan Reynolds to play. He mm-hmm. had me, Richard Roundtree, Tamara Dobson, and Isaac Hayes, and he was grooming us to go into mainstream. We had developed an audience. No right. one knew we were going to have an audience until we filled up all the theaters and they started running, making multiplexes. You know, we started that. I'm going to take credit for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, he was, he would fight for us and tell the studios and agents, my actors aren't field niggas. They're going to get paid like everybody else. They're major stars. And he fought for us. And he was my mentor. I was always the college student because I went, I left from Metro State to go to get into UCLA film school. Mm-hmm. Working five jobs, saving my money. And then John didn't know what I had gone through. Um, Daddy Ray knew something had happened. Now, Daddy Ray was from the Underground Railroad, the Black West in Wyoming. And his mom, uh, Lucy, she's on my Twitter account, my, my grandma. Nana, okay. Um, she had a, Chine- a, a hotel for the Chinese and the blacks that worked on the railroad, wow. a la Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. And I had given that information to Richard Pryor mm-hmm. um, to use when he was write, co-writing Blazing Saddles with Mel Brooks mm-hmm. to add some authenticity. Because right. when I grew up, I saw Chinese cowboys. The short chap is called the Chink. You know, they still have ch- Chinese families that are their cattle barons right. in Wyoming. And um, my grandmother also had a sugar beet farm. So Daddy Ray saw a black woman be independent. Right. And he was taught that. And so he taught his granddaughters that. That's all we knew. You know, and, and my mom was berated for cutting the grass. But that's how I, I saved my money. Cutting grass, ironing clothes, fixing this, fixing that, going to the hardware store and losing my mind. <laughs> Bob Vila was my idol. Really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He it. helped a right. sister keep the house when dad came home. The leaks were fixed. The plumbing Everything was done. done. But that was because we had to. Right. And we didn't care about the gender issues um and my mom was berated for cutting the grass it was terrible and it said my mom said i'm putting this these pants on yes. overalls and i'm gonna keep this house and it's gonna look great and we, it, we we really helped her but we learned we learn all of us learn from one another mm-hmm. um and when you do it it's like you take small steps you still move forward and there's no gender issues 
Now, Joy, you, you, you guys are going to really like this. Who's going to play me, right? Yeah. That's an excellent question. Who would you like? Who would you want? Because we, you know, we've talked, a lot of people have compared Taraji to you and said that she's somebody who yes, could do it. Yes, but there's so and many. Look, there's so many. You can go. There's an actress who's aborigine, half aborigine uh, and Scottish who's going to come. She wants to test. Okay. And she went to, I think, uh, Royal Academy. Actresses from London. Uh, I love Naomi. Who was in the Bond movies? She's oh, yeah. fantastic. Yes. There is a there is. Now, I mean, are you going to get to choose? Yes, I get to choose. But I also, they will choose their role because I was attacked at six, um, eighteen, and twenty, and there's scenes that are going to be very difficult for an actress, actor who has already experienced that. Mm-hmm. I've turned on roles where I couldn't recreate something that had happened to me. Not everybody can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so what are you looking for? Who's the who's the actress? What does she have to she have? she hey, how about if she has been attacked and she's got everything right politically, spiritually, it, you know, whatever it, that, that embodies so much, she can bring it. She might bring it. And I, I don't know who will. Hmm. But it, it could be an, an American. It could be someone from a foreign country who's watched my movies. They've all read the book. They and the British can mimic everything about they, Americans. They really can. Everything. They, and so, it, I, I don't know. And we're, we have to find our Tamara Dobson. That's even another issue. But what if, especially Miss Joy, so an actress comes in and there's an embodiment and there's a reading and a spirituality there's everything going on and blows everybody away and it's a transgender actor hmm. it was was a man who plays Pam Greer better than Pam Greer wow hmm. look at hmm. <laughs> are you saying Have that that happened sip. and then no, peppermint is know. like hmm. you're saying hypothetically you never know right. you never know hypothetically it's acting how, it's part how of the- do I say no to a transgender person right. who is spot on brilliant yeah, you can't. You can't. I'm gonna call Joy and say, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the what? Joy, Jackie. Uh, we in a dilemma here. What do you <laughs> yes, think? Yes, we'll we'll we will sit, come and help. We'll come out to the ranch. You'll come out to the ranch. We'll sit down. Say, okay. Listen. So let me show you some tape. What do you think? Because I don't want to discriminate. Right. Yeah. And I have to say, so you have this beautiful fringe on here. And so since we both grew up out west, yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, but I grew up in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. There is something about a Western woman. I mean, you talked about your mom. How about Mary Fields, the first stagecoach driver for the mail route? Exactly. What is it about women, black women in the West, that is unique in your view? We're expected to do things, to to jerry rig, to think, get things through. My neighbors who are white, they trust their kids with me when I go to pick them up when their car breaks down on the road late at night and they're cold. It's just something about a sensibility of we have to do it. We got to make do. Some, we, we we don't stay at home. We there. I'm not sitting by the pool in California eating chocolates or anything. We're out doing stuff, and we love it. Maybe it's the air. Maybe it's the altitude. But we're expected, like in society, they don't expect certain cultures and classes of women to do anything. Mm-hmm. And yet they may expect us to do things because they know we can, and we got to do it. And we're like, okay, done. Next, bye. See you. And that's been the attitude. Mm-hmm. I miss not going to pre med. Of being a doctor, helping, you know, 
people communities but because of my attacks and the third attack I Roger Corman had asked me and the agents you think Pam could be a good actress and and the agent said yeah John Gaines yeah she's and he didn't know me I hadn't been an actor yet I was working the switchboard at their company at the agency and they said she's raw she's kind of honest we don't curse in front of people back home or in front of our relatives whenever I have a Q&A or a lecture I always ask are there children in the audience mm. and the people do bring their children mm -hmm. and I say you know well I don't like to curse in front of children but don't take them away stay here I just can't say certain words I'll say caca poo poo pee pee right. you know oh, no. <laughs> say, dang is a Denver word yeah like, dang, gosh, da we say dang, dang. I, I used to get made fun of when I first moved back to New York hey, my cousins would make fun of me because I said Dang. Dang. Or, or gosh darn. Uh -huh. Or so way, ways out. Ways out. Oh my God. We have to say ways out all That's, the time. That means psych. That means like, psych. psych. Really? And so my Brooklyn cousins used to take the piss out of me all the time because I would say dang. Yeah. And we they still, would be like, you're we still so say dang. <laughs> we have to or we'll get the you look get, of death. You would get the look of death? You wow. you did not say that. Or the swat of but death. You know, but also with both of you, there was when Henry Louis Gates gave me the Du Bois Award at Harvard. And there was a, a student that came to me, a, a woman, and she was saying that her family was upset with her getting an education because she speaks who didn't like, she's becoming uppity. She, they don't understand or recognize her anymore. And I said, you don't forget this, that you will be multilingual. You don't forget the language of home. Right. Dang. That's home. Dab nabbit. Dag nabbit. That's a real Denver thing. And it's Wyoming it's and Wyoming. Montana. Yes. Um, and Utah. But it's that rancher language. It, it, it's it's a, a rural frontier language. Yep. But you don't forget the language of home like you don't forget the language of uh, matriculation in a college university mm -hmm. or corporate world or your colleagues. You will be multilingual. Yeah. But when you go back home, you go back home. Don't try to use big words with your family because my family resents it. When I use the word that they don't understand and I see the pain in their face because they didn't get to go to school. Can I ask you a, another question about brownsugar.com, this, this streaming app? You know, because you, you said there will be some original content created along with all of these, you know, amazing movies from African Americans that we've loved over the years. Documentaries. And they have a series. Are you they going to create some? Will we see you in some original content on this streaming app? I hope so. App? I hope I live long enough. Uh, well, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I don't think you're going anywhere anytime if soon. If I wake up breathing, I'm going to have a good day. But yes, I'm going to be um, directing. Um, um, a film that I wrote and I just did Palms with Diane Keaton and mm -hmm. I did I'm about to do a series for Fox called Bless This Mess okay. and it's about two New Yorkers Doc Shepard and Lake Bell who come back to Nebraska now in Denver girl we got people with purple and pink blue dreadlocks they white coming back to the country yes. getting chickens because we're <laughs> we're starting coalitions where we want the farmers to be the organic growers there should only be organic food in our supermarkets and that organic everyone weed, can afford just saying the oh, weed we, industry is being taken over by all the rich boys from california can we get and which brothers they're off of Wall Street. Off of Wall Street. Yeah, they are out there all now. the weed. But, the, but the medical aspect is really important, the CBD, because two million people have moved there for epilepsy, you mm -hmm. know, uh, treatment, therapy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's helped a lot of people. Native Americans and African Americans way back in the day didn't have cancer and chicken pox and diseases. They had herbs. Now, part of that was the CBD, the cannabis. Mm -hmm. It was my grandfather used to come home from hunting. 
and in his tarps were the venison and the deer and the pheasant and the fish and another tarp wrapped with herbs and I used to smell it and go okay yeah they had a smell they used to make it into a salve and put it on a wound or your tooth to pull your tooth yeah and they would call that the herb and 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 sage brush there was a lot of herbs off the prairie they used for medicinal Mm -hmm. purposes and i went to one later a sweat lodge and i smelled this what is that it takes me back that's oregano. No, it's the cannabis. <laughs> in the sweat lodge, weed, and it got rid of my migraines. And 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 my, it was like okay. And the Native Americans, the families that we're related to, saying this is what we use. This okay, is how I have we to survive. ask you this question. This is a growing up in Denver question. Now, see, I so we we done this. Before. We have guests on who will be from Georgia. Right. There's a whole Georgia thing. I have to, okay. I have one Denver question. <laughs> Did you, when you were growing up in Denver, Colorado, or maybe this was just me, my sister, my brother? Go out in your backyard. And do you ever have those sugar plants that you take off the sugar and chew it like gum? Did you ever do that? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like sugar cane. We would we would chew them and 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 it, until they were really like Reedy. like uh, th- uh, threads. Yes, until they were threads. There's these plants that grow in Colorado. It's, it's not like sugar. a sugar cane. It's like yeah, they sugar cane. they were sweet. They were sweet. And we the don't cat, know they were. And the catfish eat them. They crawl out of the Platte River yes. and eat them on the and banks. Them. We used and to look chew at her them. going. What? <laughs> We sound mad country right now. We're like mad country right now. But that's true. We used to go in the backyard and you chew it like yeah, gum. Yeah. They, we, we call sorghum. Yes. Sorghum plants. Hmm. And also the prairie, we use them as sugar to bake and, and use as sweeteners. We didn't have. And my grandmother had the sugar beets. Yes. And it was, that industry was outsourced in the late 50s mm-hmm. uh, to the islands and it killed a whole sugar beet industry. Remember Great Western Sugar Company? Yes, absolutely. They killed it all. Killed it all. They were all. outsourcing American jobs wow. back in the 50s. Yeah, absolutely. And that was Amazing. my grandmother's farm and the neighboring grandmother's farm. So that's how America was doing each other that's in. How the West was one, y'all. And we still <laughs> managed to survive but we saw a lot of, lot of hardship and that's what turns people towards each other is that they no longer have the respect and the dignity of going right. out and and earning a living and taking people don't like the handouts that's right they wouldn't hand me down clothes now i had goodwill i wore goodwill clothes up until high school because mm-hmm. i wore my cousin's clothes we were like sisters and we would order from sears or yes. you know jc penny catalog mm-hmm. and share a sweater and a skirt and the rest was goodwill and i wore goodwill all the way up until i came to la and they now thought, it's consignment everybody's everybody you, <laughs> you can't even get to goodwill it's <laughs> no. empty it's, it's like empty. A cher- in cherry creek the goodwill there, yeah, they had top peep kids would wear, wear clothes at with sure, the tags. The rich area, that's what I'm saying. Oh, we yeah. take no, we would take the bus mm-hmm. the 35 down, <laughs> yes, we all did. the way down to Cherry Creek, yeah, and take the bus back, um, or ride a bike. But I took the bus a lot. No, nope, you take um, it down Colfax and go right to Cherry Creek as the rich people area. And yeah. you want to go to their Goodwill, you want to go they would wear their clothes one time, one time where it would smell new, you know, after that smell, <laughs> that so smell, the tags on it, yeah, the starch in them, yeah. Crisp and stuff, and you look, yes. and I'd wear that to school. Say, where'd you get them shoes? And then Capizios, you know, yeah. <laughs> new, uh, a new stater. <laughs> And May Company. <laughs> or Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. I'm embarrassed.
us to say I did have you a pair. You got the look. You got the look. Yes. No, they were too flat-butted for us. They were oh, flat-butted, but they you had to get them hand-me-down, you had to get them. That's that's true. I couldn't wear them. My booty was... We were, we were butt <laughs> They didn't sisters. have like Rebecca. We, yeah, no, no, they didn't. We, no like we were butt sisters because we ran track and we and, and red beans and rice didn't miss them. Well, you we ran ate. track too? So yeah. We're really the same. I ran track. I ran AAU for Kent, Alamosa Relay. Yeah. And high-jumped and broad-jumped. And okay, hurdled. so you did the four by four. I did the four by four. I hurdled. I did the fifty yard, the hundred, the two hundred, and, and if I had any energy left, <laughs> I would try to throw something. <laughs> I couldn't do none of that. I only did the fifty with the one hundred, the two hundred. Yeah, but four we had relay. a team. We had a team. Eastside yeah. Angels. We had a team. Vicky Morrison, this tall, lanky girl. All of us, and we had a Carol Speed. We had some shorties that could just like little bullets and stuff. Um, yeah, we ran track. Anything I, to stay outside. See, now I'm letting, that, okay. I'm letting Pam Grip praise this team, but this is East High School, my rival high school. Really, it was everybody. Um, Manuel and East. Manuel and East was my mom went to Manuel. Okay, y'all are going. Pam Greer, you are going to have to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Your people are giving me the eye, and you have to go. And I don't want to get in trouble with your team, but you have to come back so we can so we We, can talk more about Denver because there's so so much that Joy has given me. I watch her, and it's just the impetus for you know the ideas of trying to keep our brand out there. So we'll have more Black Panthers and more Tarajis and more Empire. I hope to even see our content go to Europe even more there, there's there's an insatiable appetite for yes. our content which, which I recognize in and teaches just a couple of days ago in Spain yep. I must have signed I don't know maybe a hundred DVDs of Coffee Foxy Brown and Sheba but Pam Jack Reed, you started it you were the first matinee idol in our house certainly you were a fierce black woman who made it possible for other fierce black women to follow you you it are an idol before me Ruby D. Absolutely. Diana Sands. Absolutely. You know, so uh, through all of us, I, I am so honored. And Nichelle Nichols, I would like to yeah. interview her, her, talk yeah. to her Live before she gets, uh, you know, too um, uh, ill. Uh, she's aging. Uh, but she was my idol as well. Same. And let me tell you, when she, and the stories that she t- told me, and I was like, Ooh, wow. You know, but she was brilliant, and they yes. respected her. Yes, I I just adore she her. She ran that enterprise. Definitely, they did. wanted her to run it too. She and sure they, did, and they knew she could do it. Yes, they indeed. expected her to, to do, do it. it. That's right. They expect Joy and Jack to do it. Yes, and so we're never disappointed. Come through, Frontier I just Woman. Thank you. Oh, we love you so much, Pam Greer. This has been an honor. This it is so really cool. has. You, give me the you have to come back. Well, there's there's more narratives we can share and discover, which will inspire more who listen to yes. us and watch you. And the fact that you have all of this this incredible knowledge and intellectual just depth that opens eyes and people's minds, going, wow. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Well, and and, and, and so we true. need that. We have to continue studying. We have to continue that personal growth of intellectual because when you don't do it, you have nothing to talk about and share and you yeah. feel empty and like you haven't been doing anything. You've been squandering this this abundance of freedom and what we have given to us. Yeah. And yeah. so that's really important that you inspire us. Well, both thank you. you. Well, you have not been squandering your gifts. Your gifts are incredible. You are continuing to inspire women into every generation. Thank you so much. And we're going to come hang out with you at the Aspen Food Festival. Yes. Jackie and I and are coming. And on your ranch. And on your ranch. And maybe help you pick who's going to play Pam 
Greer, if you need some help, we will help, come it's look be, through. Because will come through. Who, who knows? But you'll help me be fair. Yes, but we we've got a lot of cast members uh, who play be the Freddie Prince. Uh, you know, who will be the cream of Jabari. Jabari. There's and a great Jay Farrell player. is. Jay is in. And Idris is, is in. Idris Elba is in. Idris is in. Can you Ooh. imagine? Idris said, well, "You Lord. go back and just look at the daddy ray, and you go, oh yeah, that's it.' Oh Lord, you know, he's the one that teaches his daughters how to be. No, I don't care what they say. You, you learn something, and the man will respect you. Yes, is that is Idris. Come through, it Idris. Is. We love him. Thank we you love so you. much. Thank you. Woo! We'll be back. We have to go, cousin. Yes, because we have talked and talked. Um, but we want to give a big shout out to your homie, yes, Miss Pam Greer, Denver in the house. Oh my God! And you can follow the one and only Pam Greer on social media. Um, on Twitter, she's at Pam Greer, and on Facebook, she's at Pam Greer. I love following her on Twitter because she's a big animal rights activist. Yes, and I believe she's a vegan too. I believe she is a vegan, and she's a rancher. She's love out there her. in Colorado, love fabulous. Her. So Pam Greer, please follow her at the original. And of course, you Graham. can um, subscribe to BrownSugar.com. Please um, do. You know, so you can watch some of the mo- her movies and some great movies over the years from black people. Absolutely. People and, of course, you can follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Read this, read that. On Twitter, leave off the last T for savings. And spell the read right, R-E-I-D. Yes. Do it twice. Now, you can, of course, catch my cousin, Joanne Reed, this weekend, well, Saturday, on AM <laughs> Joy at 10 a.m. Eastern, and she's always going to have great guests. I'm sure she'll be talking about the Kanye thing, but Sunday, who will be filling in for you Sunday, on Sunday? will be good. the great Allie Velshi, my good friend. Nice. I love Allie. So yeah. we have Allie Velshi filling in on Sundays, and I'll be in Jamaica, man. Oh, boy. So tink pon me. And you love, can, of course, love. follow the fabulous Jackie Reed on the Tom Jordan Morning Show every Tuesday and Friday at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also on NBC's New York Live weekdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in Boston and you're lucky enough to be there, you can catch Jackie on NBC's The Hub today, weekdays at 12.30 p.m. EST. And I have one more thing to add. Every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern and Sunday at 9 a.m., you can listen to my podcast on Sirius XM Progress Channel 127. Check Inside it out. Inside Her Story. I'm going to make a jingle for you. Oh, I would love that. I'm going to come up with a jingle. Inside Her to. Story. Now, by the way, and I'm going to do a little plug for my cousin's uh, podcast here because Inside Her Story, of course, if those of you who watch the Tom Jordan Morning Show, you know Inside Her Story is the fabulous segment that's done once a week where Jackie goes and she goes deep in uh, deep in the heart of some of the stories of dynamic women of color who are doing great things. I've been blessed to be a guest on Inside yes, Her Story. And, hosted for and I've hosted Inside Her Story on the Tom's Jordan Morning Show. Now you can get more Inside Her Story. Please download, download, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend Inside yes. Her Story from the great Jackie Reed. Thank I'm you. so proud of you, cousin. I'm Thank very happy you. for you. I will be downloading. Can't wait. To, who's, who's the first guest? Who's you the know, first well, guest this week? I've had some guests, but this week it is going to be Sheila E. Oh, yeah. Talking about her sexual assault experience and then also talking about new music and some other things. So you can get the show is on sexual assault. You can get the past podcast as well. You can get Sheila E. this week inside her story. And when is it again? Give us one more time. It is Saturdays at 2 p.m. on Sirius Progress Channel 127. And Sunday at 9 a.m. is a rebroadcast. Fabulous. Well, I'm very proud of you, cousin. Love you. Thank you. Never leave our podcast, though. We love you. Yes. Got to take it all in. All right. So, everybody, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.